Mic check, mic check, Melody Magic. Welcome everyone. Hi. If you are new here, I want to say hello, welcome, and introduce myself. My name is Nisha. So you're checking out uh, my podcast, Mic Check, Melody Magic. So I am pleased to have you here. If you've been listening, then welcome back. And I'm so glad that you decided to listen again. So here we are. Here we are. So much is going on. I know y'all feeling it, but how are you guys really feeling? That's the real question right now. How are you feeling? How's your family doing? Are you doing your work? Are you paying attention to your messages? Are you making room in your life to receive messages and to be guided? So I hope the answer is yes to all those things. And if you're still here and you can hear the sound of my voice, then you're doing amazing, even if you don't think so. So I'm gonna give you that encouragement because we need to do that for each other. So yeah, superpowers. Are your superpowers offline? Yeah, they are. And that's done on purpose. If you don't know that, now you you should be starting to really get the picture here. How could we live in a world where we don't control anything around us? But that anytime, anywhere, something can pop off and you could just be this victim. Like, do we really believe we go through life and we just end up in a crappy, effed up ending? You know what I'm saying? Peace and love to everyone who is grieving or, is, or who has lost someone. Um, love and light to all of us because energy that's going around we all need love right now and it is especially hard for those who are suffering and those who struggle to eat and struggle to find shelter and to have someone to talk to so the superpower is more important to understand inside of us more than ever at this point and I think I said this plenty times before that there's no more time for bouncing around, you know, going from one extreme to the other, playing the middle ground. You gotta make a decision. You're gonna choose life or you're gonna choose death. The only way to choose life is you have to do work. You have to heal yourself. You have to be present in yourself. If not, death is right here, waiting on you. So your superpowers offline, what does that mean? We've all seen Superman. We all know kryptonite is the thing that takes away his power, right? We know that. But we never pay attention to the other stuff. You know, everything that happens uh, when, you, when you look at something that makes you powerful, it just always looks like there's a surface thing going on when, actua- when actually it's been so much that got you to that point that you don't even give credence to it because you just, it's almost like you forgot that there was a path to get to that to that point. But for us people, especially us melanated people, we've purposely been stripped of that power. We've purposely been rerouted in a whole nother direction. So if you're ever on a computer and you're trying to do something and you have this error message that comes up, you know, the first thing you have to do is figure out where is it coming from. What did you do last on the computer to make it 
you know, to like you have to get to the root of that problem. You don't know if it's a virus. You don't know if it's something real simple. You don't know what's going on. You're like, what's this error message? That's anything, your phone, whatever. It catches your attention. And now, everything you see around you should be screaming at you, error message, error message. Superpowers offline, superpowers offline. That shit should be blinking fucking red in your face right now. Everything you see as a reflection of you that you don't want to experience should definitely be a red flag or something to say, wait a minute, something is catching my attention now because I feel something that doesn't feel good. Oh, I feel something that's triggering me in a whole nother direction I'm not expecting to go. We talked about a lot of that energy coming up where you're gonna feel like uh, past memories, people coming back into your life that may have you know, disappeared or you thought you had healed from something and now it's resurfaced or you know, now you have to make these harsh and really heavy decisions that you didn't think you had to have to make two, three years ago. Now life is just completely different. You might want to live a certain way, but now you have to make choices now. You know, you like to fill up your gas tank, but now you might should. I'm half a tank is good enough. <laughs> like, you know, things have changed. You've had to maneuver and adjust to circumstances. And you don't recognize that as power. You don't recognize that as you don't recognize that as creativity. But all of that is necessary to live in this animated world we're living in. So the superpower offline is really how you are seeing and processing life. And if you've been told the wrong information and you've been programmed and structured in a completely different, uh, in a completely different way of how you naturally are, there's an error message. And the only thing you can do is accept it, know what's going on, and get to the root of it. And that's what we're here to talk about today. We're gonna get to the root of it, okay? Because you know, the superpower is real. If y'all remember back uh, December 2021, actually December, 20, December 21st, 2021, that was, that was the changeover. And I might have the dates wrong, but there was a point where, you know, everybody was going around online that everyone was just talking about because of this planetary uh, phenomenon that black people was gonna get their superpowers. So when it happened and nothing quote unquote changed, all the white people and all the people who really didn't understand what was happening was like, oh, so where's, where's your superpowers? I don't see no black people flying through the air yet. And you know, making little, you know, cruel ass jokes that, you know, and you know, we feed into it because, you know, people don't know. They just, you know, people just be talking. You're just following whatever. You done, we retweeted something or, you know, reposted something. You don't really understand what it is. But that superpower is real, ladies and gentlemen. Let me explain that to you. It is real because it is mental. This entire universe this whole system of living on this planet where it's all mental. So our superpowers are wrapped in how we mentally absorb and experience this dimension. And all the changes that are going on, that is being refined based on the work that you've been doing, based on the healing that you've been able to do for yourself, for your, for your generational line, 
for the way that you are participating in your experience. So I'm gonna break down this story to you because I really want you to get what I'm saying. And I know you might be like, all right, Nisha, like, yeah, like, sound a little woo-woo, but you know, I'm gonna ride with you. So, you know, I appreciate that, <laughs> you know, cause you never know where I'm gonna go with it. But the superpower is real. And I'm gonna tell you what I had, um, had a, a mini breakthrough. Well, I wouldn't call it mini, cause it was actually a big breakthrough, but it was something I hadn't thought about in so long because it was something I hadn't shared with anyone. But it was an experience I had when I was fairly young. I, I would say around 11, maybe 12, 10, 11, 12 in that area. So I might be giving it away, but you know, that was the late 80s, you know what I'm saying? You know, I, you know I'm giving my age away just a little bit, but <laughs> that experience is important for me to share it because it, it outlines a lot that I think can really help you see how to bring on your superpowers, how to understand that when things happen to you, they're really activations. They're really all the challenges, they're there to activate you. They're not there to tear you down. But we've been programmed to think they're tearing us down. So when some shit go wrong or things don't flow right, you think, oh, it's the wrong way. I'm not supposed to be doing this. Oh, see, I told you it wasn't supposed to work this way or whatever. But no, sometimes things happen and you have to look at it a certain way because that is the work. That is the process. So I'm 11, 12 years old. I'm in Harlem. I'm not supposed to be there, but I'm there. <laughs> My parents know I'm there. They dropped me off. But I'm in a situation where this is like the first time I'm kind of hanging out with a friend or a couple of friends. And, you know, because I was very responsible as a young kid. So, you know, I, I had finally got to a place where my parents trusted my judgment. And a lot of things with uh, the way society was working at the time was a little more positive than it had been. If you, there's a Netflix um, documentary on crack. If you ever have a minute, it's a very heavy documentary. So if you're, you know, if you're not ready for the heavy stuff, then don't watch it, but it's, it's heavy. And it literally took me back to just being a kid watching this as I'm passing by, walking to school, or, you know, waiting at the bus stop or whatever, or just, just, just the scenery of what, NYC looked like during that time was just, it was so triggering that it like was crazy. But anyway, if, you are, if you're not from New York, if you don't know what that is to experience, what it was like here, it's a good documentary for you to watch. But anyway, things were starting to change around that time. So my parents felt more comfortable. Um, the friend I was with, you know, they knew her parents. So it was just, you know, more comfortable. And we were in a school situation and then we got let out a little early. So we were, you know, able to play. So we're doing things that uh, <laughs> us ghetto children love to do, which is be creative. You know, this is before technology, so we had to find fun in any way we could. We found fun in doing stupid things like playing hide and go seek in a multi-story building. <laughs> so yeah, how was that fun? I don't know, but you know, you got 15 floors and we're playing hide and go seek and it's like 20 of us. So yeah, it was fun. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was dangerous, but you know, we live danger every day. So it wasn't like a big deal. You know, I feel like, you know, it was 
it was like innocent fun. It was innocent, crazy fun. But it was just stuff that, you know, kids do. But it was just a larger scale because we were doing it in the building. So we did that, came out. It was a whole bunch of us. We went to the park and we were sitting on a bench. Now this park is located literally feet from where we went to elementary school at. And this elementary school is a Catholic school. So most of the friends that I was with went to that school as well. So we were classmates, but the other kids that were there were just kids from the neighborhood that, you know, those classmates just knew because they all grew up in the same neighborhood. But we were all just hanging out on the bench, you know, just sitting around talking, you know, just doing what kids do. All of a sudden, this crew of people walks toward us. Now, I didn't know who they were, obviously. This is my first time really hanging out in Harlem, so I didn't know who they were. So the girl, it was a girl and a couple of guys. They walking toward us, so I see them coming, but they not saying nothing. None of, the, none of my friends or you know associates are saying anything, so I'm not thinking nothing of it. But it was a dead end behind us, so they had to have been coming toward us to speak to us because where else are they gonna go? So she rolls up, she speaks first. She said, hey, what's going on, y'all? You know, like, what y'all doing? So we like, oh, we good, you know, we good, we having a good time. We had a great day that day. We had fun on the trip and we just had a good time. Then we come in playing in the neighborhood. So we was, you know, we was rolling high. We just innocent kids just having good old ghetto, ghetto, get, good old ghetto fun, you know, just hanging out. So then all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a vibe, but I'm not really sure what it is. Again, I'm like 11, 12, so I'm not really sure of a lot of the things that I'm feeling, but I'm noticing a change in the whole aura of everything. It went from feeling fun to feeling a little bit unsure and tense. So all of a sudden, the girl says, Well, you know y'all not supposed to be here. So we like, uh, you know, everybody looking around at each other, whatever, so. Nobody's really saying anything, <laughs> so I was just like, mm. and again, it's a park, so we're just, I don't know, it was just like a weird moment. So she just said something else, kind of slick mouth, and and she like, right, right? So she hitting her, she hitting her people's like, right, right? So they like, yeah, 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 you right, you right, whatever. And so some of the kids started laughing, but these were the kids that lived from, they were actually from the neighborhood. A few of them went to the school with me, but they were from the neighborhood. So yeah, they just like laughing. So I thought, I didn't know it was a real joke, but everybody else is laughing. So I'm like, huh, you know, kind of giggled a little bit. And she was like, she just pointed me right out. And she was like, what you laughing at? And it was the way she said it, like everybody stopped. Like, oh shit, like, like she just said what? And so I, I was like, okay, she can't be talking to me. It's like 20 of us. <laughs> so why is she just talking to me? So in my head, I was like, she can't be talking to me. And so I'm looking around. She's like, no, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. And she literally was talking to me. So I was just like, I just kind of did my, she shrugged my shoulders. Like, you know, I was just like, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, well, everybody else was laughing. And so she was like, do you know where you are? And I was just looking around like, and I'm looking at everybody else and everybody looking at me and I'm just looking at them like, <laughs> who is this woman? Like, who is she? Like, I don't know what she is. But she has such a, de a demeanor. And I'm gonna say this and just to be politically correct, cause you know, I know we in different times now, but 
you know, she was, she, she had this like dyke thing about her, you know what I mean? Like she wasn't somebody you just thought you could just talk to like, like a regular female. She was coming off on some real heavy male energy. Like she looked like she could take out any dude. Like she was, she wasn't, she still looked feminine enough that you knew she was a woman, but she just didn't have that demeanor. Like she was just ready to go at any moment. And then for some reason, her whole shit just shifted because I guess I wasn't answering her questions fast enough or appropriately enough. I don't know, but I'm 11 and I'm just really trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Like, I don't understand what just happened. We were happy one moment. She walks up, starts talking like she's trying to be our friend or figure out what we doing here. And then all of a sudden she's picking on me. And then she just out the blue, she was just like, do you, she said, when she asked me who do I know where I'm at? And I was just like, she asked me again. She was like, do you know where you at? And I was like, this is Harlem. She was like, exactly. And she said, where the fuck you from? And the way she said it, I was like, this bitch really like coming at me. I was like, what the f Like in my head, I'm like, what the hell? And I'm looking around and nobody's like helping me. Like nobody's looking, nobody, everybody's starting to look down and shit. And I'm like, what is happening right now? And so I was like, the Bronx? <laughs> and then she's just like, oh. So she started hitting her people. It's like, oh, this little, this little bitch is from the Bronx. I said, she really don't fucking know where she at. And they, they talking shit amongst each other, they laughing and stuff, and then they start getting loud. So I'm starting to feel that gut feeling like, oh shit, like something's really wrong here. Like, I done fucked up. But I don't know what I did. I don't know what happened. I don't know, I, I, did, I just didn't get it. So then she just started going off. She's like, you know, I'm tired of these, and she's talking to her people. So even though everyone's still standing around, she's really talking to her people, but she, of course she's talking to all of us. She's like, I'm tired of these motherfuckers thinking they can come in my spot. You know what I'm saying? And just run me out. Like, this is the, this is my motherfucking hood. And she just going on a whole tangent about her hood and who she is and motherfuckers trying to test her and all, like, all this stuff. And again, I'm like 11. I really don't understand what's happening. <laughs> I swear to God, y'all, I don't understand what's happening. And, and follow me through this story because I know, you know, the curse words might get you, but, you know, it's just part of the expression. So hold tight. You know, this is for grown-ups. <laughs> anyway, so she's just going off. And she's like, like this little bitch. She goes back to me. And she's like, see, she's not even from here, right? Like she's going through this whole thing, like, you know, she's not even from here, right? You know what I'm saying? And she come over here, she thinking she in my fucking world, taking up my motherfucking place, my seats and shit. This is where I conduct my business. And then she want to laugh at my jokes and don't even know the fuck who I am. She don't even know who the fuck I am. And then it's just going off. I am so... I'm getting more confused as the minutes are going. It felt like we were there for like 25 minutes when it probably was only like five or six minutes. But it just felt like eternity. And then I'm like looking at her because I'm trying not to break eye contact because I don't want her to think that I'm a punk, even though I really am a punk because I don't know what's happening. I'm not going to fight this woman, right? <laughs> but I don't understand what's happening. But my father always told me, like, don't ever show fear, even if you're afraid, you know, don't show fear because people see fear they smell it you know they're gonna take it you know they're gonna they're gonna try you so I was holding that in my head and I was like okay I gotta hold myself I gotta hold myself but she was just going so hard on me y'all she was berating the shit out of me like she don't even know me and then she was just going off and I just didn't understand why out of everybody standing there and sitting there she only was talking to me so after about a two minutes of that I started to feel emotional, so I started to cry. And it wasn't 
of course I was afraid, but I wasn't in that like fearful, like, oh, I'm gonna die kind of fear. It was just like, I was so confused. Like I did not understand why did I end up in a situation where somebody was yelling at me that doesn't know me and I'm in Harlem having a great time and she comes and just fucks it all up for something I have no idea and then all of my friends are just sitting there and we all just listening. No one's saying anything. No one's standing up for me. No one's helping me. No one's saying anything to her. It was just crazy to me. And all I could think is, damn, like, this is why I should listen to my parents. I should take my ass home or whatever. <laughs> but you know, you think you've grown, you know, you're having a good time and you know, I have permission to be out. So I was, you know, I took advantage of it. But this, this, this woman just, she was just something else. She was something the streets call a motherfucking hustler, and she wasn't having it. But I didn't know what she was talking about. I really didn't understand what was happening to me, what she was talking about. So she's just, like I said, cursing me the fuck out. You know, these little motherfuckers need to get the fuck out, out my space. Now she's still talking to her people, but we all just sitting there. And she was like, I know these motherfuckers heard me. I said, all these little motherfuckers need to get out my space. So all of a sudden, everybody gets up and starts scattering. <laughs> so then I'm sitting there like, okay, let me get up. But I guess I wasn't moving fast enough for her. She was like, but by this time she sees the tears. So one of her boys was like, yo, just leave her alone. Like she a little girl, she don't know, you know. She said, I don't give a fuck who this little bitch is. I don't give a fuck about none of these little motherfuckers. Like this is my fucking hood. I don't give a fuck. It and she was just screaming, screaming. But she, at this point, she's screaming directly at me. So she's no longer talking to her friends or talking to the side or hitting her boy or whatever, talking just to the air. She's talking directly to me. She's looking at me. And I'm feeling all this energy. And for the first time that I could really remember, I had a full body experience. I was fully present. I was present, literally, so much so that as the tears were streaming down my face, I kept feeling like, I was protected, but I also felt like if I, if she hits me or she tries to, you know, beat me up, then I'm gonna be a victim and all I could do is just be that victim. Like I felt I had to surrender to the entire moment. That's how present I was. I felt it in my body, I felt it in my mind, I felt it in my heart that I didn't know what was happening, but I knew I didn't deserve whatever she was giving to me, but I also realized that that shit had nothing to do with me all at the same time but I didn't I didn't know how to process any of that I just knew what I felt so when she finally when her boy finally tapped her was like yo she little kid like you know leave her alone like what you know you wilding out whatever and she's like I don't give a fuck da, 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 da. so by this time she actually looks at me it's almost like maybe she wasn't looking at me she was just like looking past me but she was just talking in my direction but I felt she was looking at me but when she saw those tears it kind of stopped her for a quick second and so she was like, yo, just get the fuck out of my face. Oh, yeah, just get the fuck out of my face. So we all just walked off. I went through that whole story for a purpose, y'all. So, you know, just roll with me. So as we walking away, my friend, the female that I came with, my, 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 my classmate, the one who I was really with, that my parents knew I was with, we were walking off, walking to her house. And then some of the other friends, we were all walking. The rest of them had split off and went their separate ways. So as she was walking, she was like, you okay? You okay, Tanisha, you okay? And I was like, no, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. 
And I just, that's all I could say. I was like, I'm not okay. But I was walking, I felt, like I felt strong because I, I didn't even wipe my tears away. I just, I let them shits just fall because I felt like all this anger and I felt all this powerlessness at the same time. But I also felt like I was in control in some way, shape or form and I didn't understand what that was. I didn't understand any of it. As we walked to her house, I was feeling a little better, you know, wiped my tears. And I was quiet the rest of the day. I got picked up, went home. When I got home, you know, I played it off like I had a great day, but I really didn't, because that shit really just turned me all the way upside down. I did not understand what happened to me. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was then. I had no idea. I'm a kid. Who really knows who they are as a kid, right? But I did know that I could ask a question. So in my prayers, I just asked, why did she single me out? Why was she yelling at me, God? Like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. I literally was just sitting there. I was sitting on the bench like everybody else. And all I heard was, it was a test. It was just a test. It was just a test. So I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, a test. Like, was I getting tested? I was like, damn, I, said, I must have failed the shit out of that test because maybe I was supposed to have been tougher. Maybe I was supposed to act tougher than what I was. You know, maybe I was supposed to fall apart. I don't know, like what was the test? I didn't get it. I went to sleep that night, I woke up. The first thing on my mind when I woke up was everything I had thought about before I went to sleep. So it was almost like spirit was just telling me everything I needed to know. And spirit told me the test wasn't for you, it was for her. That was her final opportunity. That was her final chance to get right. Now I'm getting this information in my head. I don't know what's happening. I don't know who's talking to me. I don't understand, but I'm listening. And then as I'm, you know, opening my eyes to, you know, get up out the bed, I see a vision of the park. And then I see the same girl with her crew and she's sitting in the exact same spot that I was sitting in which was the exact middle of the bench, up high. So she's sitting on the back of the bench, like sitting her butt up on top of the bench. So she was sitting in the middle and her crew was around her. Some sitting, some standing, some had, you know, half uh, one leg up, one leg down, you know. So everybody was just literally like, it was like a picture. It was almost like looking at the Last Supper, right? But just a ghetto scene <laughs> in front of a bench in a park. And I was like, okay. I didn't know what to do with that. So I was like, okay, so she was tested. She failed, okay. Why that happened to me? I still don't have my answer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Nothing happened, didn't hear nothing. A week goes by. One of the boys that was with us that day, who's from, the, who's from that hood, but who also goes to the school, he pulled me to the side and he was like, yo, he was like, um, he's like, I got a message for you. And I was like, a message? And he was like, yeah. He was like, you know, shorty who, um, you know, that we ran into in the park, at the bench shit and I just rolled my eyes like you know I don't want to talk about that he was like you know I know it was fucked up I know it was fucked up he was like but she she gave me a message for you and I was like what and he was like she want to apologize I was like she want to apologize I said she fucking yelled at me and embarrassed the shit out of me in front of everybody she want to apologize like what's she apologizing for 
he was like, she said she was going through some shit, she had a rough day, and some niggas tried to take her, her spot or whatever, you know what they do over there, so you know, you know, she was just feeling some kind of way. And I was just like, well, what did that have to do with me? He was like, it didn't, that's why she apologized. And I was just like, man, I thought, I was like, okay, either you lying or whatever. I, I don't believe her, like, whatever, I don't, like, what the fuck I care? Like, you know, but then I was just like, okay, well, that's kind of interesting that she would send a message to me like that, you know, through him. So I didn't, I didn't pay him no attention, but the next day I said, I went back to him and I was like, wait, I got a question. I was like, did you go to her and ask her something or did she pull you to, you know, pull you to the side or whatever? He was like, nah, he was like, we was already in the park. They came in to do they handle their business. Cause you know, basically that's her, that's her spot. That's where she was selling her crack from. That's her, that's her business spot, <laughs> right? So we were just in a spot and He's like, she called him over. Well, one of her boys got him, called him over, and was like, yo, you know, that day, basically, you know, she was just asking questions about that day. So he said, I broke it down to her that we went on a trip, we got back early, we were just playing in the building, came outside, we had just only been there five, 10 minutes, having a good time, and then that's when she came in. So he said, I broke all that down to her, and that's when she was like, yo, I, you know, tell Shorty, you know what I'm saying, that I apologize. And I was like, really? I was like, okay. So now that I got some clarity, I was like, okay. I know this is a long story, y'all, but just bear with me. When I got home that night, I said, okay, I'm going to test out whatever information came to me about the test. Because I didn't understand it. So I prayed about it again, and I said, what was I supposed to learn from that? Now that I know that she's apologized, did she really mean it? And I, when I tell y'all, I got the craziest dream after that. It was so crazy that when I woke up, I woke up at like three in the morning that 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 night, and I just I stayed up the rest of the night because it it was so vivid that I couldn't even sleep. I just stayed up. That day I went to school that morning. My father dropped me off. When I walked past that same playground. When I tell you the vision that I had, like I said, like the Last Supper, the vision I had of the way they were sitting on the bench and the way she was positioned in the middle, right where I was sitting, when she was berating me, that's the exact scene I saw going to school that day. And then when we got dismissed, it was the same scene I saw leaving school that same day. And I said, okay, now I'm freaked out. <laughs> because not only did I have a dream, not only did I get information the week before from Spirit, not only did I just see the vision come, I'm recognizing all of it, all the synchronicities. I'm watching it unfold right in front of me. So now I'm freaked out. I didn't say this to anybody. I just kept all of this to myself. When I asked Spirit again, why did I see the vision so late after the fact? And Spirit just told me straight up, I needed you to get to another place. You have to understand who you are. And I didn't understand any of that. I'm like, what does that mean, who I am? I'm a punk. <laughs> I, was, I was crying. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know the streets. Like, that's not who I am. So what did I need to learn? I just need to learn to, like, not go outside. Like, what did I need to learn? <laughs> I just, I didn't get it. I didn't get any of it. After I let all that go, few weeks passed. 
In and out, I probably saw her and her crew maybe once or twice after that. I never went back into that park, even when I passed by, I never went back. But I saw them a couple of times after that, but then all of a sudden I didn't see them at all for like a week or two. Like, it was a good couple of weeks, I didn't see anybody in the park. And all of a sudden we at recess. The same boy from the, from the, from the neighborhood that's my classmate that told me that she apologized, he was late to school that day. So I didn't see him that morning, but that afternoon he was already in school. So at recess, he was like, he, he came and grabbed me. And he pulled me to the side. He was like, yo, Nisha, no, yo, yo. I was like, what? He was like, did you hear? I said, hear what? He was like, yo, homegirl got shot the other day. I don't know if it was the other day or that night or something. He was like, yo, she, she, she died. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, he's like, Somebody, you know, shot up the crew or some shit and she got, you know, she got shot and she died. And I was like, what? I was like, no, I didn't, you know, why would I hear anything about it? I was like, no, I wouldn't have known that. And he was like, he was like, yo, man. He was like, he said, you gotta stay away from that shit, man. Like, that's crazy. Like, she was just there a couple of weeks ago. Now she's like, not there. So I was like, damn, I was like, that is fucked up, right? And then soon as he left, and Spirit was like, I told you she failed the test. I told you she failed the test. At this point, I'm real freaked out. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, yo, like what happened? Like, oh my God, what happened? How did I get that information? I didn't understand. I'ma get to the superpower, y'all. I'ma get to the superpower. Going back to that moment of feeling at my lowest, feeling like I got held responsible for something I didn't know. How could you hold yourself or anyone accountable for something they're not supposed to know? I'm not supposed to know the rules of the fucking streets at 11 years old. I'm just not supposed to know. But in her world, I'm supposed to know where I'm at. I'm supposed to know who I'm with. I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. I'm supposed to know everything that I'm not supposed to know. So why am I being held accountable for some shit that I don't know, that no one's taught me, that no one showed me? That is the essence of everything that is the problem with the way we've been programmed to live life. We are being held responsible to be naturally these, these loving human beings, but yet we have to deal with all of this chaos around us and we are given no information, but we're still expected to know how to live and survive. Everything we've been taught on how to move and how to maneuver through life is not necessarily the truth. Because it's not coming from us. It's not always coming from us. It's coming from places that have nothing to do with us. And then sometimes some, some of these things are coming from us. But here we are. Here I am, knowing that this young lady is gone. And all I know is that I got information and I don't know what to do with and but she she literally changed the way I looked at my entire life because she singled me out and because it wasn't my fault because I was being held responsible for something I did not know I took on something I felt responsible for something that didn't belong to me so her taking her power using that shit against me took away my power. 
she took away my power in that moment, right? She made me feel weak. She made me feel little. She embarrassed the fuck out of me. After she passed, after, after he told me that she passed and I went back, I'm coming to spirit, I'm coming to my prayers in a whole different light now. Because now I know there's something bigger going on outside of me and I'm getting information that's way bigger than anything anyone's ever told me. And now I know I gotta pay attention. And when I tell you, when I went back into prayer after that, Spirit straight up told me everything I needed to know on how to survive. I learned, I would say three things I learned in that experience. Number one, always know where I'm at. Always know my environment. That has been key to my survival. Anywhere I've been. You have to know where you are. You have to know your environment. You have to know who you are with. Number two, I need to trust whoever I'm with. My friends, a man, a homegirl, whatever. I don't care who you are. If I don't trust you and I can't believe in you and I don't know you have my back, I do not fuck with you. I don't go nowhere with you. I don't go anywhere with you. Why? Because my people are supposed to hold me down. If I'm with you and we're together, we roll like that together, period, point blank. I don't care if we walk to the fucking store and something jump off and you run the other way. Nah, we supposed to be together. Unless there's an understanding where we're gonna do something different, I need to trust who I'm with, period, point blank. The third thing I understood from that moment was that my emotions, my emotions, y'all, that's my superpower. How did I gather that from that moment? Because that was a weak moment. So why did I gather that? My tears were the very thing that probably saved me. My sensitivity to the moment is probably what saved everybody in that moment. The reason she failed that test was because my innocence, my pure energy, was her last chance for light. L-I-G-H-T, light. If you are living in darkness, but you don't wanna be, you're looking for light, light will show up and it will never look the way you think it's gonna look. So for her, that was me. Because I was reflecting her in her position, sitting on that bench, she was supposed to take that approach and understand what she was, who she was, what she was supposed to see in, in the value of who she was. You have so little going on in your life that the only thing you can do is claim a public bench as your spot to destroy your community. And you wanna take innocent little 11 year old girl's power away so you could feel better about yourself because some nigga done flexed on you and threatened you 
or whatever on some old business shit and you want to sit here and act like you big and bad. What does that mean? What is that supposed to mean for me? What is all this for? What, what, the, what was all of that for? Why did I go through that entire story, cursing up a storm and everything? So sorry for, you know, <laughs> if you're sensitive. <laughs> I guess I need to do a disclaimer in the front of the show. So, you know, anyway. <laughs> that situation, just like everything that's hap- that happens to you, that challenges you or takes you into these, into these four spaces, fear, shame, guilt, or doubt. If it takes you into any one of those four places, that situation, that challenge, that experience is literally trying to get you to go to another level in yourself. It is literally there to pull something out of you, to pull something away from you, to allow you to acknowledge something about yourself. At 11 years old, I was not very, I wouldn't say aware, but I was, I was, I was very aware because common sense. I was very aware because of my parents. I, they taught me a lot of stuff. I saw a lot of stuff up until 11 years old. Like a lot of kids that grow up in the hood. At 11, you've seen more than a grown ass white person. You've seen dead bodies, you've seen prostitution, you've seen a whole lot more. And this is back when we didn't have phones and technology at our disposal. So we all, you know, kids see a lot, kids process a lot. And that situation really ignited me back into this, I didn't know to call it spiritual, but it was a spiritual space that I was going back into that I had tapped into as a, as a, as a, you know, that I'm born, I'm born with this gift. You know, when babies and little ones are around and they just start crying out the blue and you're like, they was just fine or whatever. And somebody just came in the house. Listen, you better pay attention to that. Cause that baby's picking up on something. That baby ain't just start crying out of nowhere. Or you have these babies, they love everybody, but it's just that one person or those two people they just will refuse to go to. They don't fuck with that energy. And then you leave them there to get babysat by the same person. And then you don't understand what happens to that, that baby as they grow up. And then they're, they're distant or they don't know how to express themselves. It's because kids know what they don't know. But as adults, you don't know what they know. You don't remember. And everything about life, everything about us existing has to do with remembering. We're not really learning anything. We're remembering. So children, just like I did, they understand that it's not about just living life and like la-di-da. You have to make a choice. Everything's about choices. I had to choose between all of the fantasy, spiritual, childish things, quote unquote, that I was feeling as a five, six, seven year old. Because I used to see things, I used to see colors, I used to see things that weren't there, you know, things that, you know, you would watch a scary movie or even in the sixth sense, 
and you would be like, oh my God, watching that movie, it was just like, okay, I see dead people. I never really saw dead people, <laughs> right? But I saw other things and I didn't know what they were. And I didn't know how to explain it. I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know how to tell my parents. I didn't know any of that. So I had a whole nother world going on inside of my head that nobody knew anything about. But once I realized that me being inside of my head was causing conflict with being in this physical body, right? Because I could be in my fantasy mind, but I forgot what time it was. So now I'm getting yelled at because I didn't do my chores because I've been in my fantasy land. Or I can't sleep because I got all these colors dancing around me and then my mother comes in the room and she's looking at me and I'm just looking up in the sky and she's like, take your ass to sleep. I told you to take your ass to sleep. You're gonna be tired in the morning. So you getting yelled at and you just like, like I'm fine, like I, you know, I'm in my world. Like leave me alone. Like I can't say that, like as a, as a five, six year old, but I, I'm thinking that. And all of these thoughts that you have as a kid, they're just going around in your head, and you're not expressing any of it. And it's when we're in this vulnerable state, where we have to learn how to live in this physical reality, that is when we are learning how to process what's happening to us. So that long ass story I just told you, <laughs> that, that, that one experience did something for me. It showed me back, it showed me the doorway back into what I now understand was my consciousness. Because as a kid, I shut it all the way down. Because I realized I couldn't live in both worlds. I couldn't see colors and be in fantasy and being in my dreams and you know having lucid dreams and 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 just have all these expressive things that I, I just have no words for and then still have to you know see roaches and rats or you know pass by the crack the you know the crack vials and you know the pipes and you know the dead bodies and the and the sirens and the fucking gunshots and you know the people yelling out the window cursing every like you can't live in both worlds and as a kid I made a decision that I had to let that fantasy shit go because nobody it was it was like my own thing that I felt like I could just dismiss like okay let me just get out of my head let me grow up let me grow up and that's what happens with our imagination the last, the last show I did, well not the last show, but one of the shows I did about, it, it, was, uh, in, um, it was titled, uh, it's in the air, it's in my hair. And I talked about the element of air and how air has to do a lot with our imagination and our thought process and how we get everything from the air. And we don't even recognize that the thoughts that we have are creating our experience. This goes exactly into that because I created an experience I didn't even know that was gonna tear me down on a physical, you know, a physical space in my body, in my emotions. But at the same time, it was there to catapult me into a, back into my divine birthright of consciousness and spirit. Because when I say now that spirit was talking to me and telling me about it was a test and you know all this stuff. I didn't know the language for that. I didn't know I was connecting to spirit. I didn't know that I was, I 
had gifts. I didn't know that that was a gift. I thought I was fucking cursed. Like, who who wants to know, if especially especially somebody like me who went to Catholic school, who wants to know that the devil is talking to them? <laughs> like, I don't want to know that. <laughs> but the devil made me do it. Like, what? <laughs> like, when you're a kid, you got all these twisted things going on because you're being indoctrinated at the same exact time that you're naturally in your birthright of knowing all of your powers within you. So that conflict is who we are as adults. But it don't look like that. It just looked like your baby mama wilding out on you. It looked like your job's trying to fire you. It looked like the man is trying to arrest you. It looked like the cops is out here trying to kill you. It looks like the motherfucker just going crazy in the store, you know, cursing you out, wilding out, trying to slash you. Like it looks like the chaos on the outside. But it really started from every thought and every way you took in an experience as a child. So that superpower offline, that shit was done on purpose. But now, if you can understand what I'm taught, what I'm saying and what I'm telling you is that it's your time to own your power. And the only way you can own your power is to go back into those situations that you felt that fear, guilt, shame, or doubt, and you take back what you left there. So this whole memory of this whole experience just came flooding back to me. When I tell y'all I forgot all about this, I wasn't even, it's just so weird how it just popped into my head, how it, it just connected the dots to other things that personally I had been dealing with and trying to figure out. And even after I came to this, you know, remembrance of this situation, other things happened that transformed that helped me understand it even more. But that's, that's for my personal healing and my personal growth. But this part of it is so key. If I did not go into a space where I tried to figure out the question, why did this happen to me? Why did she choose me? Why was I the one that was being singled out? If I didn't ask those questions, I would have never been able to connect. And that's part of the work. That is part of everything that I have been trying to get out and express because that is what I've been doing with myself, for myself. I have literally been trying to do all of that for everything that I've been able to do thus far. And I wanna pass on to you that your superpowers are online if you do the work they'll come back to you. And the situations like, 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 like what I explained that embarrassed you or really took you to the lowest parts of yourself. And it could look like, it could look like so many things. It could be trauma, it could be, it could be so many things. I don't wanna, I don't wanna just run down a whole bunch of negative words. But the error message that you're getting it's not really an error message. It's just, it's a warning sign that there's another direction. There's a closed door that you're still trying to force to be open when all you have to do is be still and unlock the doors in yourself. Go back into the experiences that you feel shaped you. And those experiences, good or bad, have a lot to do with who you are as a person and how you process life. 
And through going through that work, quote unquote, that is the work. That is how you're going to get your superpower back. That is your superpower. So it really has nothing to do with, nothing to do with being black or white or any of that. We're talking about the soul. But connecting to your melanin, the people who have suffered a tremendous loss, who actually make this whole entire universe work, it's time for us to understand who we really are. And that is kind of why my emphasis is on the melanated people. We haven't been empowered. We've been offline way too long. And we've, we've, we've only succumbed to certain situations that have to do with the physical reality. And we're not dealing with what we really are, which is spiritual beings, emotional beings. We connect to the things that you can't see. That is who we are by nature. And the more we run from that, the more we act like it doesn't exist, the more you want to act like, oh, this is, you know, let me just get my money. Let me just go hustle. Let me just do whatever I'm told. Let me not check in. Let me not enjoy life. Let me not find, so, find some creativity. Let me just be a robot. If you have love anywhere in you, the universe is not allowing that for you anymore. You're being stretched and pulled and twisted and squeezed and shaken. You're being crushed. You're being catapulted. You're being thrust in every, in every direction. And a lot of that stuff looks like it's coming from the outside. Well, shit, all of it looks like it's coming from the outside, but it's really not. It's trying to trigger something on the inside of you for you to reach deeper into yourself. I'm gonna close out with this. So after, after my classmate told me that she had passed away, the young lady that um, was hustling, after he told me that she had passed away and I prayed on it, I went back and I, I don't know why, but I felt the need to ask more questions. It wasn't really about me at this point. I really just wanted to know what was I supposed to do with all the information that I was getting? Like, yeah, I understood what it was trying to teach me, but then what? What comes after that? And I'm gonna tell y'all, this was probably the first time that I had actually connected to the other side in a way. And I had said my prayer like normal, and I felt like I was clear, I felt like I was relieved because I understood a lesson there. And the lesson for me was to understand my environment, to never be in an environment I didn't know people, I didn't know where I was, to honor and somehow respect the block, okay? You can't just be on anybody's block doing whatever the fuck you want. You have to respect the rules, the unspoken rules. And yes, you are accountable for the shit you don't know, even if you don't know it. It's not fair, but life ain't fair. So I had to learn all that shit. And that's the way I roll from then on. But deeper than that, spiritually I learned that I can connect to answers to things that I don't, oh, I won't always know, but I know that somebody's, somebody's here with me giving me answers that's helping me. 
And I knew that I had connected to something much bigger than me. I had prayed and I was in that interim right before sleep. And I saw homegirl, she came back to me. And she came back to me, she was sitting on the bench. I saw myself in the entry of the playground and it was just her sitting on the bench. I walked to her, I sat on the bench and she looked at me and she said, my fault. The same way we would say my bad. <laughs> but back then, you didn't, we didn't say that. We said, my fault. She just said, my fault. And I just looked at her and I said, why me? And then she looked at me and she said, I don't know. But I wasn't supposed to treat you like that. And I said, I know. <laughs> like, I know I didn't deserve that. And she just looked at me and she said, all right then. She was like, you got a lot to do. And that was it. That was my vision. And after that, I said, okay. I still don't know what the fuck that was, but I felt at peace. I felt like the same embarrassment, the same beratedness gave me a power. It gave me power because I understood who I was. I'm an emotional person. And my tears look like fear. They look like I'm a punk. And somebody still might think that, like, oh, she crying, she a punk. But I know for me, when I shed tears, that's the most beautiful thing I could do for myself. Not only am I releasing, but I'm also grounding myself in that moment. That is my superpower. Because I know that that power of that emotion is only flowing through me because I'm the one who's perceiving that experience. And I'm filter filtering that experience through Nisha. I'm not filtering that through the person that's given me the trauma. I'm filtering it through me. So I own my power by owning my presence, by owning who I am. And I am literally the representation of all the four elements of fire, water, air, and earth. Because in that moment, I am everything. This experience is for me. This experience is teaching me. This experience is happening to me. And it's my job to understand it. And whatever is happening, it is there for me to reach something deeper inside myself. Like, I ain't perfect. That shit didn't change me. Like, oh, I never had no problems ever. <laughs> After that, I was completely fine. That's not what happened. That's not life. But it's just giving you a little, a little glimpse into how to get your superpower back online. We've been offline on purpose. But the only way to get back online is to know who you are, to know where you are, to know who you are and what you are here to do. Your story's not gonna look like mine. Your story might be something completely different. But believe me, whatever that story is, whatever that challenge was, whatever that thing was that turned you inside out, that turned your stomach inside out, go back to it. See yourself from a higher perspective in that moment. Recognize all of the truth and the, and the power in it. Take that shit back and claim your shit. Claim your power because you got through it. 
If you didn't, you wouldn't be here. But let's say you're broken still. Let's say you're still broken. It still hurts. It still feels. Then that means you got, you, you got some digging to do. Nobody going to do it but you. You have to do that. No one can help you. But you're in a place now where you have all of the help you need. All of the help you need. You got your ancestors here. I shade to the ancestors. You have your spirit guides. You have so much help spiritually. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame if you don't utilize the help. But if you choose to stay where you are, then you're moving exactly the way you're supposed to as well. Everyone has an end time in this experience in the body. Everyone. But energy never dies. So that's why she's able to come back to me. That's why somebody you love can still come to you. They can still, you can still feel them. You can still have a memory of them and laugh or smile or cry because their energy is still with you. Those are all superpowers, ladies and gentlemen. We're all, we're all super, we're superheroes. But you gotta get your energy online. Nobody's gonna give you your power. Nobody's gonna give you your power back. You gotta go back and take that shit. You gotta take your power. And only you can do that for yourself. And that's true freedom. And yes, you are enough. And yes, you can do it. And yes, this was a long ass show, but it's all fucking good. So if you got something from it, <laughs> holla. <laughs> if you didn't, just say, okay, Tanisha's off her rocker. I ain't fucking with her. It's all good. Whatever your decision is, it's all good. Just passing on the wisdom, passing on the knowledge, and you take it or leave it. But it's here for you. And my experience in this small way will help you get to your experiences in a huge way. And that is my work. So you do your work, I do my work. And it all flows. So listen, thank you for rocking with me. Take care of your babies. Take care of the children. Understand that everybody has a purpose. Everybody. We need to pray for ourselves, but we also need to pray for everyone else. And I'm telling y'all, you're doing your work, everything else is going to work out. And yes, there's a lot of chaos, but you don't feed that chaos. You feed you. Feed your love. Feed what you want to happen. Feed your creativity. The distractions are real, people. They're real. You have to know your power so that you don't get off your path and you're not distracted. Because all the stops are being played right now. Every single one of them. Because it's over. But you're just beginning. So, there is no end to you. You live forever. Okay? Love is forever. So, this has been Mike Check Melanin Magic. I hope this has served your heart. Because it served mine by getting all of this off my chest. <laughs> so let's elevate ourselves. Let's recognize our power. And let's not be afraid of it. We got to get rid of this fear. We got to get rid of this guilt. We got to get rid of shame. And we got to get rid of doubt. We got to live in our power. In our true power. In our birthright power. I. I love you. Take care. And you're doing a great job. <laughs> so this is Mike Check Mel and the Magic. This is Nisha. Stay up. Much love.
Peace.